Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Happy Hamster Corner, a podcast about cute, adorable animals, as well as featured stories, collaborations, hamster tips, and so much more. I'm your host, Holly, and I'm super excited for you all to be listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Happy Hamster Corner. I am your host, as always, Holly, and I have a special treat for you guys today. Some collaborations, one I'm super excited about. I have Manasa from Astronomy's Hammies Care on. She is going to be talking all about proper hamster care in depth for you guys. And if you don't know, she started a hamster care website. So go ahead and check that out. I'm going to link it down in the description of this episode. So I'm super excited and enjoy this little collaboration. Hello, everyone. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. You? I'm good. Okay, so I know you do a ton of research and stuff on hamster care. What to you are the most important basics of hamster care? Not just the basics of, you know, you got to have a wheel, a sand bath, bedding, things like that. But what are the most important basics of hamster care to you? Like not just those basic basics. Yeah. So, okay, before I start going into the the details, the first thing I wanted to say was what we recognize as the basics of hamster care is always changing. So I can't and no one can give a set number of guidelines and that will be the case forever. That's always evolving. Mm -hmm. And the second thing I wanted to note was that um, if this is at all hard to follow, this is what my entire account is for. I have a whole series on these topics if anybody wants to go check those out. So now to get started. So the first basic basic is obviously going to be the cage. And even though this is the most basic item to have, especially in locations like the US, it can be one of the most difficult because I think most people know this, we don't have any commercially available cages that are suitable. Yeah, that is true. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so some of the best options there are actually going to be furniture items turned on their side and a lot of people at first are going to think that that's huge or it's going to take up too much space but the large size of it just seems cut down once you have a hamster running around and exploring there so I love cabinets turned on their side and closets turned on their side is probably my favorite option so the Ikea packs has gained popularity and that's definitely one of my favorite cages yeah next is bedding and If you ask most people, they're going to say, yeah, so you fill the cage with a little bit of paper bedding and then your hamster can make burrows and maybe you have a sand bath and that's it. But something that's really important in the natural hamster care world or the species appropriate hamster care world, whatever you're going to call it, is the addition of supplemental substrates because the textures they provide are really important and enriching to your hamster, especially because in the wild, a lot of the different species of hamsters don't have a ground similar to what paper-based bedding or wood shavings are like. For example, Syrian hamsters primarily burrow in a substrate that's a mixture of soil and clay. So that's why it's really important to have a soil section for Syrian hamsters. But regardless of the species, having a variety of different supplemental substrates Mm -hmm. 
is a very enriching thing to do and gives them something to spend their lives doing, exploring new areas. Okay, the next basic basic that most people think they know is the wheel. And if you look at US minimums, um, imagine me doing these all in air quotes because none of these are official minimums. <laughs> They're just generally recognized minimums. But for the wheel, mm -hmm. your generally recognized minimums in the US are going to be like 6.5 inches for a dwarf and 10 inches for a Syrian. And if anybody has those, I'm not trying to, you know, shame anyone for having those. But in my personal opinion, wheels that size are probably not going to be suitable, especially for smaller hamsters like Robos. When they're in smaller wheels, the force that's caused by the wheel spinning often sends them flying out of their wheel or to the edge of the wheel. So it can be important to have a 10, 11 inch wheel for even a hamster as small as a Robo. And for Syrians, especially female Syrians because they get so large, not only do we have that back arching that most people hear about, but there, there can also be a head tilt when you have a wheel that's too small, and even that can be uncomfortable for the hamster. The next thing is going to be your hides, and you're obviously going to want a variety of hides, and one of the most important hides you can have is a multi-chamber hide, especially for winter whites, and that is because winter whites in particular, but a lot of the different species of domesticated hamsters will inhabit pre-made burrows in the wild. So burrows that other animals have created, once they've left, the hamster will fill it in and then continue expanding from there. So your multi-chamber hide acts kind of like the burrow start for that. And you'll notice that once you give a hamster a multi-chamber hide, they'll usually designate one to use the restroom, one to sleep, and one to store food. Um, so it's a very helpful hide to have. And other than that, they'll probably want to focus on natural materials that are going to be stimulating to them, like safe woods and hay and cork and that kind of thing. The last thing that you're going to fill your cage with is just the items that they can explore. So those are your grapevines and your cork logs and these natural materials that don't just look natural but feel textured to them and mm -hmm. provide an enriching experience. Yeah, no, that's important. Yeah. Um, and so the last subject I want to talk about is the food side of things. And in my opinion, um, especially in natural hamster care, one of the most important things to include is foraging opportunities. So sprays and, and herbs and flower mixes, they're, they're just give your hamster something to do and they're much more effective than homemade boredom breakers which have their place of course but sprays sprays are just amazing i could sing about their phrases all day mm -hmm. i would absolutely consider those a basic and really really important uh, and if you don't have those already it's not the end of the world but i definitely look into getting some soon so what are the differences between commonly accepted us hamster care and natural species or like the German style hamster care? What are kind of just the basic differences between those two? So I think one big difference and what I'm going to say, I don't mean it in a rude way at all. Just my opinion here again. I think a lot of the generally accepted US or North American hamster care focuses a lot on the bare minimums. And I'm loving to see that hamster YouTubers um, are reaching out and talking about this more. Like Victoria Rachel has been mentioning this a lot in her videos, which makes me so happy that 
the bare minimum is not what we want to be striving for. Yeah, strive for more than the minimum for sure. Exactly. Yeah. And unfortunately, when I look around at what's generally accepted as quote unquote good U.S. hamster care, I'm seeing a lot of those bare minimum things. And obviously, I think it's amazing. If you have anything above a critter trail, that's above the norm in the U.S. And that's amazing. And I'm really proud of anybody who's doing that. We always just have to be working to improve. And I think that to me is what natural or species appropriate or German hamster care is, is that they're not looking at the bare minimum, but they're looking towards an ideal that you're going to want to reach. Yeah. One big example I have of this is chew toys. A lot of people think that they're essential. And you hear this a lot, that you have to have three to four or more chew toys in a hamster cage. And they're incredibly important for keeping your hamster busy and keeping your hamster's teeth down. But if you go and join German hamster forums, or if you look at what the natural hamster care accounts are doing, you might see that they don't have any chews in their cage at all. And this is because they're filling their cage with wooden items anyways. So their hamster is having the opportunity to chew on the items in their cage without needing specific chews. The idea of a chew really came about because people in the U.S. were using wire cages and having plastic items and They didn't want their hamsters chewing on that. Yeah, so that makes sense. You know, it's not like you're just substituting for what they have. You are making it more natural to them in the wild. Absolutely, yeah. That that is one of a really big difference that I think people overlook a lot, um, but a really important one. That is super cool. I really like that. What are a couple brands that you would recommend to a hamster owner? I'm not sure where the audience of this podcast is primarily located. My audience is all over the world, actually. Like 50% is US and then the rest are in different countries. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. They're all over. (laughs) I'll start with um, Europe. Brands like Getsu and Roadie Pet are pretty good food mixes as well as hides and they really have everything you could want in a hamster store. In the U.S. and North America in general, it's definitely a lot more complicated. One of the amazing brands that has recently come to Amazon that I know a lot of people are talking about is Night Angel. They have the multi-chamber hides, they sell platforms, they sell cages that you can, if you have a high budget, you can get In terms of small businesses that you can support, one of my favorites is Tiny Flower Shop. I don't know if you guys have heard of them, but they're based in... Oh yeah, I've recently found them. They're super cool. (laughs) They are. They're amazing. They're based in France. And what I love about them is they show the sourcing of all their products. And the final shop is Robin's Gourmet Food. And that is the shop that sells the food that I recommend most for anybody in North America. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, so I'll have all of that information linked for you guys. Can you share with the hamster community your favorite thing about proper hamster care that you've learned so far in your journey? <laughs> but my favorite thing that I've learned, it's its very simple, but hamsters are not easy to please and they get stressed easily and they need a lot, a lot to stay busy. I've definitely learned that along the way. I didn't realize before 
what tricky to please animals these these small little creatures are. I definitely agree with you there. You have such good insight. So yeah, everybody check out her Instagram if you haven't already. And is there anything else you want to add? One one thing I wanted to say, which is very true, is that there's a difference between natural and like natural looking. And I know a lot of people get freaked out when I talk about natural hamster care or show my cages because they're they're like, oh, oh, it just looks so aesthetic and I'll never be able to do that. And so my hamster is never going to have a natural cage. But honestly, it's just about your your cage doesn't have to look natural to be natural and stimulating a hamster can't tell the difference between pink bedding and white bedding it's it's just about doing the best you can and if you're doing the best you can I'm really proud of you and that's all (laughs) (laughs) yeah no always strive to improve a lot of the hamster community members their hamster is like their child (laughs) yeah for sure so it's like why would you not want to provide the best for your child or your pet you know you want them to have a good quality of life a happy life and providing those things for them definitely helps in that aspect just even if you can if what you can do for the time being is just a little bit of an upgrade do it it's absolutely yeah yeah it's so important like do what you can for the time being even if it's a small step up Mm -hmm. add that little bit of enrichment even if it's something small one step will just snowball yeah it's Uh, not an all or nothing thing you're you're always continually taking little steps to get better it's not like oh I have a critter curl now and oh, now suddenly I have 100% species appropriate care. just doesn't work like that. Yeah, exactly. You got to take it in steps and strides and that goes with, you know, you're always learning and growing. Just take one step at a time. You don't have to go from zero to 5,000 in two seconds because, I mean, if you can do that, oh my gosh, do it. (laughs) Yeah. But if you don't have the resources to do that, just making a couple steps forward in that direction will make a huge, huge difference to your hamster and their care and their happiness. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me and I truly appreciate it. (laughs) All right. So I hope you guys enjoyed that collaboration and what Manasa had to say. Some really great tips and things to share. All right, so since this episode was jam-packed full of awesome information, I am going to let you guys choose what you think Holly's hamster tip of the week this week should be. I'm not going to be featuring one this week. I'll let you pick and choose which one you think is the most important for you and your hamster this week. I haven't done this before, but (laughs) why not? All right, everyone. So now I'm going to feature a write-in collaboration from Four Little Mischiefs 4. I will link their information in the show notes down below for Instagram. Shout out. Thank you so much for writing this in. They said, 
okay, I have a story that is kind of funny, I guess. When I first got Yuna, I couldn't leave her alone. I let her free roam in the living room a lot, always watching her. One night, she waddled to the front door and bam, she was gone. Maybe about five minutes later, I was wondering, where is Yuna? I literally turned the living room upside down. Checked the TV stand? No. Took apart the sofa? Nope. I thought, there is no way she climbed the stairs. Eventually, I went upstairs to look for her and guess what? Yuna was in the bedroom. The little munchkin had me thinking the worst. Oh my gosh, (laughs) I would be thinking the worst too. Seriously, I'm so glad your hamster was not harmed in this story. But yes, when you free roam your hamster, make sure you keep a close eye on where they are and what they are doing. (laughs) That's why it's good to have a little playpen or something so you don't have to worry about them getting out. Lesson learned. Thank you so much for this write-in. All right, everyone. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Happy Hamster Corner. I love talking to you guys. I love having you on. If you enjoy this podcast and want to be featured, go ahead and send me a message. If you enjoy this podcast, share it with a friend, subscribe, like it on Apple Podcasts, all that jazz that you do. (laughs) Thank you so much. I enjoy being a part of this community and giving the hamster community a different voice. If you don't know, I release new episodes every single Friday because Friday is honestly the best day of the week, in my opinion at least. So have a wonderful weekend and have some awesome time with your hamsters and I will see you guys next Friday for another episode. But first, and of course, as always, have a happy one guys. Linka, I hear you scurrying around over there.